Hey everybody, Steve DeLaviaga here with my brother Daniel Beer, one of my favorite people in the world. Quick story for context, three years and two months ago, Dan and I were doing a mastermind in Hawaii after an evening where we may or may not have had a few little beverages or two, Daniel, I'm not sure, we're gonna call that part. And the next morning he says, hey, come to my room at eight, I got this call with this guy, Glenn Sanford, I'm thinking about joining EXP. And we went in and listened and and it was really fascinating, Dan, to think that you were a Keller Williams top producer and an owner, had that call, and three years and two months later, you've built one of the largest national networks in the world. You've got over 11,500 now agents in your network? No, no. My, my, my direct EXP network uh, nationwide, and I guess also France, Canada, Mexico, is right about 4,100 people. 4,100. Well, what about when you and Kyle combine your honey badger, what's it look like? Kyle and I combined, if um, basically get revenue share off of um, essentially two times that, right? So roughly there, roughly 8, there. 000. I mean, 8,000 people in three years, crazy, huh? And so I wanna ask you something that you didn't know at the time, right? You just knew maybe this is an opportunity. You wanted to expand your influence and yeah. things. You're now the number two, if we take volume, number three transactional agent in all world for EXP. Again, one of the best downlines. So looking back, this would have been exceeded your expectations? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I was on the verge of buying a market center, right? I was at Keller Williams. I was very happy. It's a great company. Um, it's not limited by the people in the company. There's incredible people. It's limited more so by the, by, by the legal structure in which it's all organized, right? Being, being right. a franchise model and the way that it's really a collection of individual brokerages. It even says so in the fine print, right? It, you know, individually owned and operated. And so from the perspective of pooling resources to deliver what we've done on a national basis, let's just say I didn't buy a market center, someone else did. And if you looked at the growth and trajectory of each, it's, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing that I ended up going the way that I did. So tell me, why now in this, this is the broker brand wars, it's our podcast about do, there's this huge fight for the agent and the future of what the agent looks like. Why do you think where you're at with EXP, this platform is the future in terms of where agents gonna go? What's the competitive advantage it gives you? Listen, the first thing is a lot of agents just ask the wrong question. Okay. They ask, you know, how will I sell, you know, what, what brokerage will help me sell more homes? None. The brokerage doesn't sell anybody houses. Not this one, not the other one, not any of them. There's different degrees of, um, there's different ways that you build a model in the brokerage world. One is make them believe that your brand is gonna be the magic and answer to all their questions and therefore tie them into a contract, take you know uncapped splits, Pay, have them pay hundreds of thousands, depending on the production. Literally, I, I know people, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to the brokerage under the premise that our logo on your business card is going to somehow get you deals. Now, I'm not, let, let's just, aside from the fact that if we needed to go and search for someone that actually that turned out to be true for, and we'd have to go searching for a long time, eventually we'd find somebody and they'd say, yeah, no, well, I got this deal. I got two or three deals and it came from the logo on my, account, on, my, on my business card. I'd say, awesome. That is really, really great. Now, just for the sake of, ex of exercise, because I like to go through, you know, mental <laughs> stimulation. You 
what do you suppose we might have done if you hadn't paid that brokerage one hundred and fifty thousand dollars? You suppose we might have been able to take that one hundred and fifty thousand, use it for marketing, and maybe replace those three deals with maybe a lot more, right? With ten deals, with thirty deals, with what? What could we have done with that money? Um, so, brokerage matters in that it is the legal vehicle through which you just simply do the transaction. Hold your license, yeah. You hold your license. Like the brokerage business is in one. But I just had the conversation today, Steve, uh, with someone that wants to maybe consider going independent. Well, I'm independent. The fact that I broker my business through EXP doesn't make me not independent. I run the beer home team with our colors, our brand, our look, our employees, our, our government PPP loan, right? Like I am an independent company, just like my financial advisor is. My financial advisor called Creative Planning, that's the name of the company I hired for their investment philosophy, for their approach, for all that. They don't clear the trade themselves. They clear through Schwab or through Fidelity or through LPL. I, as their client, could care less. That's not why I hired them. The restaurant I ate at last week called Buena Forchetta doesn't insure themselves. They insure themselves through State Farm. Yet I didn't say I went to State Farm for dinner. I said I went to Buena Forchetta for dinner because I like their food. So there's just simply the, the, in today's world, Steve, and this would not have been true in the 90s. In the 90s, it was so expensive to let someone else broker your business. That right. broker yourself made a ton of sense. In today's world, whether it be EXP or a number of others, letting someone broker your deals for you, do the brokering while your client could care less, literally care less, not one incremental dollar or less, you have to let someone else take on the liability side. So that's one thing brokerage is, but there's still the reason why should you pick one over the other? And that's, there's a clear answer for that. So, so, and for you and me, right? Like let's, we, we ha we're in this space, but I want to talk to everybody here. People, I think miss EXP a little bit. They get into the downline in the revenue and there is that for very influential people. But I love how you do this. You and I tell us all the time. It's, you get to a work with, talk to, communicate with three to six hours a week in set times, the smartest, best minds in the world doing it, practicing right now, really doing it every day. That exists nowhere that I know of. Thoughts on that? Well, that's what it is. At the end of the day, you still have to choose. Fine. Okay. I'm going to let someone else broker my business. Why, why should it be here, there, or the other? Well, I am very cognizant of the fact that me going and taking the listing is going to be based on my efforts, no matter who I broker through. Tomorrow morning's issues that I'm gonna face, that you're gonna face, anybody watching this, whatever colors you're flying, company X, Y, or Z, you and I have the same issues tomorrow morning. How do we take listings? How do we get offers accepted? How do we navigate the social media world? How do we structure our CRM? What about our lead follow-up? Inside sales, yes or no? How, why, how should we pay them? Are they on a bonus? Are they 1099? Are they W2? What about my, uh, do, I, do I hire an assistant? What's the job description? Steve. What do, what do business, I pay? Tomorrow morning's issues are the same for all of us. Now, I think it's as easy as this. Who has financial incentive to your growth? Okay, so if I'm talking to somebody at a traditional- that, Sorry, this, this is a great line. Don't go away from that. Who is- financially incented and aligned with helping you in, not giving you a nugget or a piece and moving on, flying in, talking out, but who's actually aligned financially with making sure you grow. That's what you believe the difference is. I think you're right. 
I think that's going to be the only thing that matters because I didn't get to where I'm at by just making it up all on my own. I did it through collaboration. By the way, pre and post DXP, it just looked different. Okay. One was slower, one was fat. We could go there in a moment. But in any case, yes, who has financial incentive to your growth? So if you're at a traditional franchise, just literally take a piece of paper, split it down the middle. And on the left side, go ahead and just write, you know, my current company, okay? And, and literally write down the names of the people that have financial incentive to your growth. Probably your branch manager, maybe they have some kind of override of some sort. Definitely the franchise owner. Definitely the franchise's investors. Right. You may, or may not know their names. So if you don't know their names, just put investor one, investor two. The, the regional owner may or may not know that person's name. Their investors. And those are the people with financial incentive to your growth. Like when you win, they win. When you sell, they get money. Okay. On the other side of the sheet, for me, when I'm looking at this, here's the names I get to put down and people that come along with me, the names they get to put down. If you, if, if theoretically, Steve, you were an agent and you were coming alongside with us, here's the names you could write. You could write, well, you could write my name. You could write Dan Beer, 336 million clothes last year. You could write Kyle Whistle, 200 and something like $60 million closed last year. You could write Mark Z, 180 something million. Jennifer Wayner, 180 something million. Tina Call, 115 million. Uh, Tammy Pack, 100 and uh, like 5 million. Mark Pattison, 200 something million. Mary Maloney, 5,000 homes sold in her career. Curtis Johnson, 6,000 homes sold in his career. You know, you could write names like this down. By the way, there's more. Jeff Anderson was the number one Keller Williams agent in all of uh, Long in all of the Long Beach market. We just brought over the number three Coldwell Banker team in North America, Mark Gelman out of St. Louis. These are the people that you would now be able to write down. So back to tomorrow morning's issues. How do you, you know, you're stuck on how do I create how do I create inventory in the inventory market? Okay, great. You got you got eight guys that can help you right now with the best practice. Do you want to figure that out with your branch manager, the team, <laughs> the team leader, the franchise owner, and their investors, or do you want to figure that out alongside us? Because they try to label us like this multi-level thing. Here's the deal. Look at the left side of your sheet. In any company, money flows to multiple people. Here, instead of it flowing to middle management who's never gone through what you're going through, instead it flows to people that have already solved the issues you're facing now. And, and for me, Steve, it was that simple. When I understood that, I was at EXP two weeks later. I canceled my, I uh, withdrew my offer to buy the market center. And literally within two weeks, I was here. It's funny, isn't it, Dan? Because I think that's one reason why I wanted you to be on this Brand Wars podcast series with me because too many guys who are at EXP talk about the downline. And I want to say it's an ancillary benefit to influence. What's not is the greatest mentoring financially aligned partnership that I've seen so far because you hit on the head. If someone calls, I've seen your calendar. You do calls at 6 a.m. You do calls at 8 o'clock at night. That person calls you and your network says, hey, I need a strategy to hire ISAs. You give them the whole book, right? Because that's just how it is, as opposed to, hey, man, call my admin and we'll send you what we got. And here's a script and different world, right? It's just, it's vested. Is that the right word? It is so much. It's, here's the mistake EXP agents make, man, all the time. I, I did a talk in Cabo, okay? And literally, it's at 600 or so people, EXP. It was a big rah-rah event, okay? Just frankly, it was awesome. Um, 
but it was a rara event. Now, here's the thing. Sitting right in front of me was the president of EXP, president of growth, Dave Kennard, the CEO, Jason Guessing, the founder, Glenn Sanford, the, uh, you know, the OGs like, like uh, Gene Frederick, right, right here in front of me. And here's the chance I took. And, and by the way, I've got this up on don'tbeanucklehead.com. It'll just shoot you over to the YouTube replay. I love it. Don'tbeanucklehead.com. You'll get it when you watch it. And, right, and the first thing I said, first words out of my mouth, I believe, I'd have to go watch it. But first or third words, whatever, out of my mouth are, no one gives a shit about EXP. All you're doing is talking about the model and the model. And, the, and here, the thing is, no one cares. Now, here's what they do care about. Agents care about growth. They care about significance. They care about acknowledgement, community, collaboration, mentorship. They care about going from zero deals to 24, from 50 deals to 100, 100 to 300. Like They care about growth. So that is where we spend as a group. That's what I spend my time doing alongside the producers that I've aligned myself with. We literally have about 35 of the top 50 producers in the company in our group. And all we do is talk about production. Steve, it turns out that production is attractive. It turns out that a growing agent is attractive. It turns out that all the other ancillary stuff is attractive. Here's what's not attractive. Come get rich tomorrow morning. Never work again. Never sell a home again. Be stop, a full-time recruiter. Bullshit. How many agents are looking to be a recruiter? Not many. Not many. For you. Guys that don't sell any real estate. Yeah. Guys that don't sell any real estate don't have any attraction and influence. So now yeah. they've already got, now they're down four points. But I have to giggle when I walk by them because we attract more than the people that talk about attraction because we produce. And that's and there's brand new agents in our group. A productive agent doesn't mean <laughs> an agent doing hundreds of deals. It means an agent that wants to talk about how do I take listings, how do I get offers accepted, et cetera, and let the environment of production do the work for us. And so you can see the whole talk. It's 17 minutes. It's don'tbeanucklehead.com. And it's, uh, it's, it's the way I view things. Um, when, used pro- when used correctly, just to tie that together, Steve, I, t- I mentioned all the things that agents do want. EXP Realty is the best vehicle in the world to deliver those things. Because EXP Realty is the only way that I've ever found, like they figured out a way through their model to get me to open my calendar time resources. All those badass producers, we have over 85 producers in our group doing more than 50 million a year, it's figured out a way to get us to collaborate as partners instead of like cocktail party level. To go deep, 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 not because we're nice, but because if that agent grows, it literally will improve my life. It's your aligned to them in their financial success. There's alignment. All right, let's get a little, let's go a little uh, adversarial. Let's go the other way. Now you got people that say, hey, EXP, it's too late in the game. It's eighth inning. Uh, I'm going to real. I'm going to fathom. I'm going to, you know, the three or four others. Uh, what's it? Sides. Another one now with a billion dollar unicorn valuation. I've got all these things I'm going to go to because there's public and I'm going, I'm going to get my stock, get in the second, third inning. These guys are in the eighth. How do you combat that? There's a, there's a couple things that are simple. Probably three we'll go to quickly. One is Steve, would we agree that Amazon is just a huge dominant company? Yes, sir. Here's the thing. There's probably a better model out there than, than Amazon somewhere. 
uh, someone that took the Amazon model and said, oh, let me make this a little shinier and that a little shinier. Here's what they don't have, Steve. They don't have the people from Amazon. Models are irrelevant without the right people. Okay, so you need the human beings to be to make it matter. Oh, but so and so is at the great. You have so and so. Bring me every so and so that you've got, and I'll give you twenty for each one of yours. I mean, it it doesn't. It, you have to. It's about people. Number one. Number two. We have fifty-two thousand or something like that agents right now, as of the time of us broadcasting this or recording it. Okay, so fifty-something thousand agents. Let's just take a company like KW because they became the biggest, okay? So they uh, they at one point reached 180,000 reported agents. They're at about 150,000 now, I believe. And by the way, I'm open to being wrong on that number, but I just verified that. It's 186, so. 186 today? Yeah. All right, thank you. Okay, so that's an updated number for me. So 186,000 agents. If you wanna be an agent, Steve, at KW, and you live on a mountaintop in Montana and there's no market center around, you have to wait for the market center to be built, to be awarded, to be delivered, to, you know, they have to get 40 cappers and then they award the franchise and then they build it, right? It's a years long, and here's the reality, you're probably never gonna get KW because it's never gonna happen. There's not gonna be a market center that serves that mountaintop. That agent could be at EXP tomorrow morning. Okay, so the under, so in the brick and mortar model, in the franchise model, and they're gonna, by the way, they're gonna, there's, they're gonna copy some part of it. Everyone will, they're gonna have their virtual piece. Everyone will go public as if that's why I was at EXP. I could care less that we're public. But any, in any case, they're, they're all gonna do little things to try and catch up. But the point is you can, if you're in like a taxi cab model, you can only grow at a certain rate. If you're in an Uber type model where, hey, I want to drive. Okay, great. Click here, click there. Great, you're a driver. You can suddenly have millions of drivers overnight. Right? So EXP is not going to top out at that 180 something thousand that KW has been. I'm saying this respectfully. They're literally the biggest, which is a huge accomplishment. But there are barriers to entry. So here we're going to blow past that. I, I believe that within the United States, we're going to hit the 300,000 range, roughly not counting international. Secondly, this 180 something thousand that KW has been hovering around for years. Do you believe, you, we know that you probably know the statistic better than I do. X amount of the industry turns over every five or so years, right? It's a huge amount, meaning that the 180,000 that are there today are not the 180,000 that were there five years ago. A huge percentage of that were just brought in. Correct. And so there is, tons of runway there. And third, if you really are someone, you and I have friends in common that are uh, looking at different things and they are going to be big attractors. Here's what they need to consider. The sixth and seventh level alone at eXp are worth more than all five real levels combined. Just do the math, like literally plug it into a calculator. So I believe that we will and, and you can't take us, right? Like all you, our, you still think you're in the third or fourth inning, don't you? Oh, dude. You brought the number three Cobalt Banker agent from a city that has like no traction just a week ago. Okay. What do you think? Do you think that when we're talking a year from now, that city has no traction or EXP is one of the biggest brokerages in that city? That's just how it happens everywhere. 100% we're in the 
whatever it is, third inning, let's call it. Yeah, it's early. It I is. Love a, it. There's a lot of runway. So, so you you're in SoCal, which actually BB has a lot of traditional stuff, a lot of bricks and mortar, a lot of uh, the bigger operations, the uh, you know first teams of the world, split shops still taking tons of people's commission. Like mm -hmm. it's changed in you know Arizona, Nevada. Those places have gone to almost strictly 100 percenters. So, talk about this. If you're in, if you're a split shop, is it, are you in trouble? Is it time to move, or is it hey hunker down, bet on this thing? We're going to just provide better building space and better coaching and training and all those things that they talk about. Where do you, where does that land? So what happens is just like in certain cities, like on on the full brokerage level, EXP irrelevant in San Diego three years ago. I come, Kyle Whistle comes, Mary Maloney comes. Well, guess what happens? EXP number one or two in production that fast because people proved it. Okay. So it, what you're talking about, I think, is a little bit of when you move into the luxury space. Okay. When you move into the luxury space, coastal markets, oh gosh, like, you know. Compass, I, I, I got to be I, a compass. I got to be. I don't have Sotheby's on my business card. I'm worthless. Like, right. Well, what happens is it's, it's, it's going to be the same pattern. In San Diego and in Southern California alone, you now have $100 million producing Keith Middleton. You have $300 million producing Ed Kaminsky in Manhattan Beach, who just came over a few weeks ago, joined our group. You have $50 million Aaron Clapper in Manhattan Beach. You have $300 million David Kasky, who just joined our group in Manhattan Beach. You have the number one KW team in all. Where'd they come, where'd they come from, DB? They, they came from, no, they, they came from Christie's. Ah. Okay. Christie's affiliated company. I forget what the parent was, but it was a Christie's company. Yep. Um, that's where they came from. I, I don't know if two of them came from Remax or not, but definitely don't quote me on that. Ed for sure came from that Christie's company. Um, um, Pete came from Coldwell. And you start to see that erosion. Well, what happens is agents are like, oh, like they're still alive and doing business and not paying three or 400 grand to the company interesting so you think that's going to not be something that catches wildfire it's going to be a huge deal huge deal. i think i think brother that unfortunately in real estate the success blinders of groups that say oh we're still killing we've done this way forever because but here's the fact everybody's killing it what you're not seeing while those blinders get longer is all the skirmishes on the side where you're losing land and losing bridges and losing trails and then all of a sudden just what you said you get one or two influence partners who come and then 40 come with them in the next six months. And in your case, I remember asking you that and Kyle at EXP, like, can you guys, is that gonna be a problem walking in living rooms, having a logo no one knows or cares about? And you both said, we don't think so. We'll find out. Well, the truth was it never came up, did it? Well, listen, it's, it didn't. And let's go to San Diego Luxury uh, right now. If I were to ask the random agent, hey, who dominates San Diego Luxury? They'd be like, oh, I don't know, maybe Sotheby's, maybe Compass. Okay, right? That, that'd be off the top of their head. They'd be wrong. They'd be really wrong. You know who really dominates San Diego luxury? Crushes. Like, no contest. And as soon as I bring it up, they agree. They're like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a company called Barry Estates. Okay? It's a little company. Just like Beer Home Team is a little company. Beer Home Team just happens to have a different marketing focus that I could go into any one of those markets. Trust me, and I plan on doing it just to make a point and take my market share. Well, Barry Estates is a little in the, is, it's just a little company. Yes, they happen to be independent, but not that anyone cares if they brokered through here, there, or there, their clients wouldn't care. 
but various states has built their brand in the luxury space in San Diego and they crush. Like I'm talking beyond, no one will argue that Steve in San Diego. Now, interesting how they didn't need this brand or that brand or that brand. And someone's like, yeah, but they're various states. I'm like, hey, dude, don't you realize they're various? That's just like saying they're Smith and Company if you actually freaking spent time building your own brand. Like that's what they are. So yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch that coastal market change. It is. All right, answer me this. So your guys' public side have been very good to you. I would argue over the next at least two years, real and side, and these guys are gonna have upside into whatever they are today. That's true. Keller Williams, which is really the only company that makes any real money in this space, will be public by the end of the year. And then they're going to have real, real money. That makes sense. How important is it to be public in this fight based on the dollars that we require to go and compete at the high level in the broker space? Be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that, Steve. I don't know. Like The, the public thing isn't something that attracted me to the company. Yeah, um, I know. Now, yes, it's been really great for me. Yes. Do I now appreciate it more than I ever thought I would? Yes. Yeah, I have been very pleasantly surprised by how much the collaboration exists within EXP, even outside of group, because, hey, we both own this thing together. So I think from that perspective, it is an important thing. Like, I think KW, when they do that, we'll see, um, they'll, they'll get some increased energy from everybody because they now own something together. I don't know how they're going to distribute equity. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't really know how that'll work, but in theory, right? But from the perspective of if you needed to compete, I don't know. I, don't, I think if you want to, I think if you want to make your company like very brand forward, like a compass, meaning like compass spending money, making compass a brand, then you probably need it. If you want to operate like EXP, even though we are public, but you don't need the money to make EXP big because EXP's philosophy is that Dan Deere should be big that Kyle Whistle should be big, that we as agents should be big, and they're a, they're a vehicle that we operate our business on. And most big thinking agents and accomplished team leaders subscribe to that, which then also attracts others that want to learn, because the reality is you could go to whatever other company, but when you look at that sheet of paper and it turns out that the people incentivized to your growth are like, corporate types and not people that just had a marketing meeting today to figure out what you're figuring out, then um, it, it starts showing up on, on, it starts showing up in your growth rate, right? As, a, as an operator. It's so true what you said that when the people align to help you grow, are every bit as growth oriented or focused as you are, that mask just goes faster than everybody else, just the way it is. All right. The next two, three years, let's say two years, three fastest growing companies in terms of Asian count and production, who are they? Next two to three years, fastest growing. In terms I, of, I, I got, is it I got rate or number? Let's do this. Because you're right. I, I'm not big on Asian count. I'm big on productivity, right? So let's say production uh, and transaction. So we'll do both because some yeah. of them are all in coastal areas where they have big volumes. But I'll say EXP is one. Who are the other two? EXP will certainly be one. Um, growth. I think that, God, man, it's like, and I'm it's not worried the answer. It's I, just don't, I, I genuinely don't spend a lot of time um, 
understanding what's going on outside of here. I think that Compass is growing still at a pretty good clip as they go in and take uh, going to new cities and buy up some agents and so on. So I'm pretty sure that they are still growing at a good clip. Would that be accurate? I think so. Yes, they are. They're still having growth. I, I think the hard part is we haven't hit the attrition side to you and I's point about when you come out of those agreements, what happens? Yeah. And then, um, and then you probably go to something like real. Well, how many agents do they have? 2,000? 2,500, yeah. The 2,500. So from the perspective of that, if you got to 5,000, you literally doubled, then it's probably, re, you know, does it, I don't know if they're going to 100,000 or to 50,000. I don't know. I don't know. But from the perspective of like, do I think they'll get to 5,000? Sure. So that would mean that they've literally doubled, which probably puts them in the, you know, growth category. Um, I would say, what else is out there, man? Fathom? I mean, what, are you, what are you hearing on I Fathom? Mean, uh, Fathom, same kind of good guys, sharp guys, military guys, run a good business. Um, EXP-ish model, like real and like yourselves. Um, I think what you're going to see, though, is there will be pivots out there that people haven't counted on. Uh, I think Keller Williams has a pivot in him. I don't know that Remax does. I don't think Berkshire Hathaway does. But who is there? Are there large independents out there? Are there groups like Ben Kinney's thing? It's like, hey, I'm a platform. I don't care what brokers you're with. Complete. Does this place become the next story? I just feel like the idea that things are going to change more. Do you feel like Dan they're going to change more in the next three to five years? They've changed in the last 25 years. That's how I feel watching what's going on right now with the horizon in front of what I see. Here's one for you, Zillow. Yeah. Oh, there. I was going to say, open door. Zillow, if Open Door is able to buy Realtor.com, and I think that's one of the things on the cards, if that were to happen, now what? Right? And, and, and I'm telling you, look at what happens when Redfin wants to start spending money, because they're actually one of the few profitable new model markets that's public at $3 billion bucks. So, no, I'm with you on this. I think that growth's going to come from other things or from traditionals taking their model and going, this doesn't work. Either they have an, an offshoot or they break it and let it go up into two different choices. But you're right. I, I, I don't, I'm like you, I don't see a lot of the other ones. If you had a hundred thousand agents, you're, you're going to have to really be in a fight to win. All right. One thing you wish everybody knew about the brokers that you're at that would help them make a better decision. One thing. Man. Trying to bring it to one, Steve. I, and I it comes down to what do I care about? I care about. Um, here's one thing I wish you knew. There's um, I gave a talk, right? There's the there's the group I call the Knuckleheads, and it's it's the Get Rich Quick group, the all that. It's the wish I the thing I wish you knew is that because of them and how they can be loud in a minority. Um, it allows for your brokerage, you know, those documents that they, that they, that they circulate on what to say about us. Yeah. By the way, we don't have any documents <laughs> on what to say about anybody. So it should tell you something. I, I was literally introduced to this by Keller Williams because they would just talk about this. And so I went to look at it, but anyway, it allows for the misinformation campaign. I just saw one from Remax and it says something like, um, it says something like, you know, selling houses is not their 
like number one thing. It's recruiting is their number one thing. Well, no, hold on a second. Last I checked, I'm going to sell about 500 and something million dollars of real estate this year. And the people that I'm surrounded with are obsessed with production. Last I checked this Monday morning, if you want to be, if you want to be invited, reach out. Every Monday we do a mastermind, 10 a.m. Pacific. The only thing we talk about is production. We are production obsessed. Are there some folks up there that are obsessed on other things? Absolutely. If that's your jam, call them. But what I wish that people would understand is that this is just truly a platform, a vehicle for you to be able to plug into whatever side of that you want. I made a bet, Steve. Not that I don't like money. It's not that I don't like money showing up in my mail. But I like that. <laughs> I made a bet that it would show up at a faster rate if I didn't think about it and if I just simply helped agents produce. Because I had a feeling that if the environment was attractive to me on a production basis to protect my core business, which is the one thing I control. And so every agent should control and protect that. Well, if I found that an environment that would help me and I found attractive to grow my core business, well, wouldn't other people find that environment attractive too, right? If, I, if we built a mastermind that happens on a weekly basis to help produce, would other people that also want to produce be attracted to that? And, and so that's, that's the only thing that matters. It is the thing that matters. I'm going to say this because you won't. Um, I work with a lot of people. We're now over 500 teams, and I get to be blessed to work with the best of the best. Way, the way you did it, Dan, you, Kyle, Mary, that network, that you stayed true, if it's the right word. You strayed pure to being a practitioner at the greatest level. At, hey, how do I get, I know right now you guys are having a bet. Who can get to a billion dollars in production? No one's ever done it. Could you do a billion? And what they don't understand is that ridiculous passion for producing at the highest level has created the greatest influence network in real estate in the last three years and two months. Not how many recruiting calls you made, not how many, you know, trinkets or got it does or checks you posted online or any of that crap. It was purely, if you join us, you get bigger and you learn every problem you're having. One of us have already answered and we'll share it with you and we'll help you execute it. If I was going to sum you up, that would be my pitch. And I think in any brokers is always the best, the best What I love because you're right. There's some knuckleheads, but what you did, my brother, and I hope other people take a page out of your book and just say, let's just be world-class practitioners where influence is a side benefit of what we do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it's something we put an unbelievable amount of energy into. And today, Steve, I was talking to an agent, um, and she said she does about eighty deals a year. She wants to grow. She said, "What's your what's your strategy for this attraction thing?" I said, "You want to know what it is? Well, first of all, I have a commitment to helping agents online, so I'll put out value videos that just help agents. Number two, I go to every event that I can go to." that I believe will actually serve my core business. So if there's some event going on that I don't think it's that valuable, but I, but I could go network. No, I don't go network. I don't do that. I spend time with my family and I spend time with my business. I don't go. But if there's an event that I think will serve my core business, I go, I actually improve my business while I build some relationships. And then those relationships watch my core business improve and then they wanna be more involved. So the only thing I do is um, I serve this thing here, this thing we call beer home team. 
and I just do it in a way in which I don't leave it a secret. Well, I love it, man. And you should be so proud because if we'd have wrote that book, man, no one would have believed it or bought it from a hotel room in Hawaii to where you are today, three years, two months later. I wasn't even so, wearing uh, pants. No, that was it. I was kind of like, what time's this call, bro? I'm in my row with you. But um, the nice thing is that though, that's where great stories are made. And again, anybody listening to this, no matter what brokerage that you're in, understand that production brings the influence and influence brings the herd. It's as simple as that. So, all right. Anything you want to close with partner? Anything you want to leave? I just wish I had recordings and like, I could let people sit in on just conversations like that, man. It's uh, every now and then an agent will reach out. Hey, Dan, um, yeah, how do I, how do I get some people? How do I, how do I get this mailbox money? I say, well, hold on. Didn't we have a conversation last week on how you want, how you did 12 deals last year? You're trying to go to 36 and I gave you your action steps to do it, what you need to do with your CRM and what you need. Remember that conversation? You want to know what your attraction strategy is? Go do what we talked about. Go get to 36 deals. Like go improve your sales business. And um, it would, if, if people really had a lens into those conversations, Steve, I think the group would double overnight. Well, what I love is, man, you got to be really happy with what you're doing. I, I know your passion. I love how big you guys are growing. And, and more than anything else, I just want you to beat my boy whistle by one deal or $1,000 in volume. Either one's easy for me to make sure because he's very oh. chatty when he gets you by deal flow. So, Oh, man, volume. Volume, forget it. You know, we're, we have a $60 million gap right now. Come on. <laughs> love it. All right, man. I love you, man. Be good. Appreciate yeah. you. All right.